Welcome to The Floss, the self-help show for people that probably don't need it. You can follow the show on Instagram at The Floss Pod, or you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash The Floss Pod. If there's something you do that you think everybody should do, or something you do that you don't think anybody should do, email it to us at theflosspod at gmail.com. We might discuss it. Welcome to The Floss. This is part two of Brian Kenny's feature episode. In part one, we talked about uh, why you should be yourself during halftime. Uh, we talked about, you know, pedophilia, uh, CVS. All the hot topics of, of yeah. today in February 2022 or March 2022. Yeah. We also we all dis- we also did get some Cleveland sports talk in there. Brian is a host of a Cleveland sports talk podcast, specifically Browns, right? Nope, all, all of Cleveland it. sports. I I probably go on far more about the Indians and the Guardians now yeah. than anybody wants to hear. But. Yeah. So, but by the t- I mean, if you by the if you're listening to this episode, then all of these issues we're talking. We talked about Baker's shoulder, but at this point, we already know the Browns won the Super Bowl, so it's like not <laughs> even a problem. <laughs> All right, Brian, this is part two of your episode. Part, two, part one, we talked about what people should do. But now, what is something you do that you don't think anybody should do? I think I'm myself to a fault. <laughs> I think, to a fault? I think that... What are some of these faults? Uh, we talked about it a little bit in, in sales. I, I think I could certainly be now making more money and have in the past made more money um, if I would just kind of dial it back a bit and do what my coworkers are doing. Um, not to say that they're necessarily bad people, but they're, they have a job to do and they're, do you guys have a leaderboard? Yes. Where are you on the leaderboard? Uh, right in the middle, maybe a little bit closer to the top. Leaderboard's not bad. Uh, you strapped for cash, Brian? No, I'm doing okay. So wh- why do you need any, why do you need any more money? Everybody could always use more money. I'm trying to buy a house. Money's sick. Always want more money. Where are you going to live? I mean, we're still waiting on getting pre-approval because we need Uncle Sam to give Sarah, my wife, her uh, income-based repayment numbers. That's like the only thing holding us back. I don't don't know. What the fuck is it? Income-based repayment numbers? That taxes? Do you not have student loans? Are you just paying full boat each month? Oh, I did get that email. That email like just came in recently, right? Well, at the end of January, everybody's got to start paying again, yeah, yeah, yeah. and interest is back. So what you do is, you know, my loans are, are astronomical. I'm sure. Enormous from grad school. What did you um, go to grad school for? MBA. Oh. But that that plays itself into this. I probably should have went and pursued MBA type of careers far more than I did, but it just didn't feel like me. I feel like the MBA is something that... Uh, I well no I don't feel like it's invaluable in the Midwest because I mean we're still our companies are still pretty traditional mm-hmm. you know and like the, M- the MBA kind of you know when you get to the point in your career where you're manage where you're actually like managing stuff like it can directly translate to X amount more dollars like that's just the way like it is which mm-hmm. is which sucks but like out west they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck if you have an MBA. They want your real world experience, which you just don't you know. Which they want here as well. Everywhere well, sure. does. So, like, I panicked my way into an MBA because I graduated in 2010 when there's a gigantic recession happening. And uh, I was about to go out into the world with zero plan. And mm-hmm. a buddy of mine was like, 
dude, the government's giving me money to go to grad school. You should do the same. And then I went and talked to somebody at my college, like, what do you think of this idea? They're like, that's an amazing idea. You should totally do that. Uh, you should watch my short film that we just finished. Oh, yeah? Is it about MBAs? It's about uh, a kid on the, the eve of his last semester of grad school. He runs into his old friends. And it's like a whole, like, dude, you shouldn't have even fucking gone to grad school kind of thing. I really wish I hadn't gone to grad school. What would you have done? Uh, gotten a bullshit job and continue to do comedy. Yeah. How mu- how long were you in grad school? Two years? Yeah. About two, actually two and a half. I stretched it out as long as I could. So you were done when you were like 25? I was, it was 2012, 24. 24. And then did you immediately start doing comedy? I had been, I had done comedy like a, a small handful of times throughout grad school, but like I, I didn't necessarily know how it worked. Mm-hmm. So I'd like get booked on something months out and then just like live for that. Like the, the idea of going and doing a set of Bella W was huge. Yeah. And then uh, afterwards I started actually meeting comics because that's one of the bigger things that I'm kind of referring to with this being a downfall is especially in comedy. I'm not bad at, I'm not good at kissing ass. I'm not good at asking things for pe- from people. Uh, I'm bad at networking. I am, uh, I'm over, and this is weird to say, cause, and this will come back, and I'm very young in my career. Uh, I'm kind of over the kissing ass. It's not going anywhere, bud. I know, but I'm, tr- I'm, you know, I have, I have so many things going on this on on the side, still comedy related, like you know, the podcast, short films, the script writing, stuff like that, uh, where, and I know it's not a meritocracy, but like I'm getting to the point where like. My work is going to speak for itself. I nobody who run, nobody who books shows goes out. Well, some people do, but like more often than not, they're getting asked by people if they could be on the show, and I'm not asking people if I can be on their show. I don't. I've never really asked anybody. Just about everything that's ever come to me has been offered. I'm very bad at asking things from people, even hilarities. I got dragged there at first to do a guest set. Like Squire saw me at uh, his album recording, and then he was like, we're going to put you on the Alan Cox comedy tour. And then, uh, like, Mike Farrell and Jason uh, Lawhead, they saw me there. They went and talked to Sam and Nick about me. And then Squire, next time he featured or headlined, got me a guest set. And then from there, so just kept going. you didn't kiss ass. No. You did a good job. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one person saw you do a good job. That's all you need, man. Yeah, but I like I've done very well in the shows that I've been put on over the years. Um and sure. even when I go out of town, I've done because you're a good very comic. well. Yeah, but at the same time, other people that have been doing it the same amount of time as me, they're full time doing it. I am not. Sure. I'm sure that if I would have networked better, I would have gotten a lot more. If I would have kissed ass a little better, I'd have gotten a lot more. Well, it would have been a path of, of less resistance for sure. Well, do you want more? Hell yeah. Well, you know how to get it. I'm not, I, I'm not good at it. I don't like it. And I. Uh, this is why I'm saying this is a bad yeah. thing. <laughs> That's why I'm sitting here telling you this right now. I think I think I could I could have been a, a full-time comedian within the past few years if I would have done, done better networking. Is your goal to quit your day job? Fuck yeah. Being a full-time comedian is is absolutely the goal. Now, I've also had some health issues and some bills pile up. Uh, so being the starving artist without insurance or, you know, steady income has been difficult, but I think I could have made something work if I would have been better at 
networking, going to other cities, meeting other comics, getting vouched for. Dude, it's the going going to other cities is ridiculous. You, you have, have to. to do it. You yeah. have to. And you got to go do guest sets at clubs and then hope that those five minutes, which is in no way my strength. Sure. You know, I got several. Most of my best bits are seven minutes. Killer. So, like, I, I go out there and that's, you know, I've certainly had comics tell me you should probably try and tighten shit. And it's like, well, I like it. So you like what you're, you're having fun up there. You're very clearly having fun up there. I have a good time. Yeah. And when you're having fun, the audience is having fun. Now, why? Why? Do you want to be a full-time stand-up comic? I enjoy it a lot. I love doing it. I love doing the shows. I'm going to keep asking feeling why. feeling of, just, I guess, just dopamine rush of fucking killing. Just that going up and com- killing is some I'll chase till I fucking die. every comic's favorite word. The dopamine. The dopamine hit. I don't, I don't, I don't relate to that. Every comic goes for the dopamine hit. I don't do it for the dopamine hit. Then what are you doing it for? I do it because I I want to, in a in a very general life sense I want to work, um, and that's and then uh, that's the work that I want to do and that I'm good at. That's why I choose to do. But it. why is the work the why is that the work you choose to do? Because it's fun. I'm why is it fun? Because you get a dopamine hit. <laughs> no, it's just I, it's it's just a good life. I I like the life. The life is fucking rough. I don't care. It's, it's How much of the life have you experienced? Not a lot, and I'm you know I'll find out. I th- I'm ready to find. I there like. Uh, this is, I'm I've been taking a lot of risks recently, and I'm going to be taking some risks in the future. I mean, yeah, every short film is a risk. Like, you you're either ready. You have to tell yourself that you're ready, and you have to also be ready to find out that you know maybe you weren't ready, which is just as valuable. But that I would take that. I would take knowing that I wasn't ready for something than never finding out at all. Sure, of course. That's why you got on stage in the first place. I mean, why does anybody else actually... Because so many people think they can do comedy. So many people want to do comedy. It's a very common thing. But the people that actually take those steps are either A, a crazy person, which is super fucking common, yeah. or B, there's somebody who who can't stand the idea of not at least seeing yeah that's me that's me too but like i i just wanted to be a comic like you know what do you want to be when you grow up you want to be a firefighter okay not because of of the dopamine or the adrenaline you get from fighting the fire but because you want to be a firefighter you get what i'm saying every every everybody that does their everybody that's doing their dream job gets dopamine from it Mm mm-hmm Every single person. That's why it's their dream job. That you know, it's a, a feeding back cycle. But like, if you want to be an archaeologist, uh, and you grow up and you become an archaeologist, every time you do something awesome within your field, you're gonna get a dopamine hit. But is that why you're doing it, or are you doing it because you just you want to do the work of an archaeologist? I want to do the work of a comic. I want to make people laugh. But like, but it's providing I, a, I'm providing a service. I'm a court. It's like a, being a court. Court. I think court jesters did it for the for the dopamine hit. I feel like court jesters did it because they were forced to do it. I don't think court jesters chose that path. I think that they well, we're they all were f- shitty people that got tossed. It like go entertain that guy or yeah, he'll kill but you. there was one. There was when they were going out to pick the court jester. There was one of them that was better at doing it than the others. Mm-hmm. And so, 
because he was doing it better than the others, he got favorited by the king and he got to eat. We're all, we're all forced to work. Yeah. Just like those guys were forced to pretend. And then guess what? Only one got to be the court jester and the other four had to go figure out what the fuck to do. So we're all forced to work. This is what I picked my job to be. I I don't understand that. I like I, I feel like you're you're just kind of dancing around what still is part of what you're talking about. At some point, with what you've decided to do and what you've decided to make your life out of, you have to experience success in order to continue to be driven by it. Or you're a crazy person if you've done nothing but experience. Oh sure. If I were a, if I were a, yeah if I were a garbage comic and work and like you know was not then did a bad job every time I was up on stage, I would hopefully have the self awareness to be like you know maybe this isn't it. Maybe but, you should try something. But the, else. the the feeling of killing and the feeling of success. Saying it's the dopamine rush or the adrenaline rush of doing it is just dissecting it further. Sure. You're, you're just taking a step back and looking at it on, on a higher level as opposed to the, the, the deeper level, which is if we chemically look at why this feels good, sure. it's just these two things. So if, if, you just, if you don't dig in that far and you go, sure. well, this is just something I like doing, you probably like doing because why else do we do anything? Because chemicals tell us that we like it. Hopefully it gets, hopefully it gets to the point where I don't like doing it. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> that, that's your, nobody likes their job. Even that's the, why I want to do this. Even why the I want to do it full time. Is, is, it's really hard to actually focus on like a desk job career when I know that there's something out there that I'm really good at that I really like doing. Do you have an age where you're going to give up? No, I'll be fucking Rodney Dangerfield going out there in my, my 40s, late 40s, still trying to do it. I don't care. Does Sarah know this? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Sarah fully intends on at some point being our breadwinner as I try this. I'm fucking that's what's that's that's fucked. been that's what's up deeply and to the highest degree discussed and agreed upon. Um, and she actually, if there's been times like during the pandemic, there were times where I'm like, I'm starting back at fucking square one, man. Like hilarities is the only place that's remembering me. There's no other club in the country that I've worked, um, you know that that's gonna remember me over these other places because i hadn't done the road all that much mm-hmm. there had been bookers that went under that i was doing pretty well for uh different sources of income dried up the fucking lottery thing was a godsend uh what that bro- thing i'm the face of kino for the ohio lottery get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. really yeah how how did you swing that uh kid i went to high school with works for the ad uh company that makes the the commercials Who, for the company? lottery, uh, Hitchcock Fleming and Associates out in Akron, and he sent me like the email of what they were looking for for this character. I made a fucking audition tape of me doing karate in my parents' living room. <laughs> I sent it in. They showed it to the lottery people. I was the clear choice. I've done three campaigns, video, fit picture, everything, fucking TV commercials, radio commercials, Get TV the commercials. Fuck out of mm-hmm. here. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You would Dude. know that if you watch TV, Gabe. <laughs> Dude, I've never seen them. That's old, the thing. <laughs> old. That's Apparently, old. they're on Hulu. I don't watch TV. See, you think I? You th- yeah, you think I? You think I'm not shelling out for the Hulu without ads? I, I'm not. I don't even. I think I just. I think I use someone else's Hulu account. <laughs> I'm not even sure whose it is. I'm pretty sure it's not mine though. But but like so that was super nice. And but like there were times during the pandemic. Because we shut down as hard as anybody in this country. We yeah. didn't even go to the grocery store. Everything was delivered. 
We sat, we'd go visit family. We'd sit on the other side of the room with masks on and nothing else. Really? She's, she's immunocompromised. I wasn't True. taking any fucking chances. Yeah. So until that vaccine rolled out, we did nothing. And there were times where I got real down and she's like, you're never quitting. Like you will do this full time at some point. She's fully behind it. It's like, it's a nice little modern love story. I, I'm very, very in love with my wife. The 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 feminine takeover of the masculine in this country is is what's destroying it. You know that, Brian. <laughs> she's the she's the breadwinner. What do you would you chop your dick off at the wedding ceremony, Brian? This is this is the most disgusting thing I've ever fucking heard. You in sound my like life. you love that new Kid Rock video that just came out. Do you see that fucking thing? <laughs> oh, Kid Ooh, Rock boy. video. <laughs> There's a new Kid Rock video flicking off snowflakes and shit. It's so really? Funny. It's wow. so funny. I recently was watching the uh, the Creed halftime, the, the Creed Thanksgiving halftime performance from like the Dallas Cowboys one. Yeah, that shit's funny with the with the dudes in the in the with the ribbons yeah. flying around. <laughs> yeah. Creed was my first concert. Interesting. How old were you? Oh man, had to, maybe maybe middle school. My first concert, I was nineteen. Really? Yeah. It wasn't even like I wanted to go. It was like I was at a I was at a Q one hundred four event, and they were handing out. <laughs> <laughs> they were hand- I'm old. Please go see yeah. Creed. Please. It will they be were handing very out. Just- every, it was at Blossom. All the lawn seats were free Q one hundred four tickets. That's hilarious. Everyone was there for free. Uh, my uncle, who owned, who used to own a body shop, he had like a party bus, and by party bus, he mean, like, he found a bus, and like mm-hmm. it still had like the graffiti on it left over from the scrapyard and shit, and like old gross couches. So like me, so like our family and our family friends piled into it, and uh, we went to McDonald's and bought like thirty cheeseburgers and thirty McChickens back when they were only a dollar. Oh, yeah, Imagine those feeding, the days. feeding two families for sixty bucks, unstoppable. Oh yeah. And we saw the Creed concert, and then I don't, I couldn't, tell, I don't know what my next concert was after that. It's probably, probably out of college. I don't fucking know. But so, yeah, that was my first concert. I saw Breaking Benjamin, nice. Seether, and Three Days Grace all together. Oh, my first concert. Three Days Grace would have been a fucking banger. You were you you hit a very good spot for like being for like the concert going age, like during that era of music, like mid two thousands, mid to late. I guess I mean almost all the shows I've been to have been rock or heavy metal shows. Still, the two best concerts I've ever seen were like older bands. Like what? Iron fucking Maiden. I bet Iron Maiden is number one and two on the best concerts I've ever seen. Really? Mm-hmm. I would love to see some old concerts, but now all those guys do like stadiums, which uh, I, I don't really like stadium concerts. Actually, well, Jacob's Pavilion at Nautica does some really sick. I've seen some good ones there. Old rock concerts. I work bar. I, Bartended there last summer. Trick is fine. The bands were, it's more than just two original members because everybody else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> like the Allman Brothers. You can't see the Allman Brothers now. You can't go see Skinner. No. <laughs> it's all just piecemeal. I don't, I don't mind random cover bands, though. Like the Pink Floyd cover bands are fucking sick. Yeah, but call yourself a cover band. Don't call yourself Leonard Skinner or the Allman Brothers. Sure. Right. <laughs> well, you ever hear like, uh, the, or you, are you big in like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and those inductions and whatnot? Not really. There are some really awesome videos. Uh, I can't think of the band's names off the top of my head. I think Guns N' Roses was one of them, where like bands that have broken up in the past, uh, when they when they get a, when they get the reward, get inducted, they'll either you know make peace mm-hmm. and we go, okay, guys, we're gonna play we're gonna play the induction show, you know, put our shit aside. But oftentimes, 
I think I think it was Axl Rose, and I could be way off base with this, but it was a very popular rock band. The front man sent a letter in, and he was like, I am not accepting this award. I am not playing with those guys. I think you're right. Nobody is allowed to accept this award on my behalf. Do not believe anybody who says they're coming to accept this award for Axl Rose. It is not true. I do like. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was. I think that was him. Uh, That's hilarious. Oh, but I. Blondie, I think Blondie had when it was time for Blondie to to play, she was she would not play with the band. Really, Debbie Harry's that mad at the rest of Blondie? Something like that. I don't know. It could have been another band. I had no idea. Uh, I think it was um, Fleetwood Mac you're referring to. Oh God! Oh, could have been. They all they they, 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 they were such a toxic mix of people. Oh, Amazing yeah. music. Like what what actually came of that toxicity was so phenomenal, but. Personal life wise, just a goddamn train wreck. Sometimes it's okay to stick your dick in crazy. You know what I'm saying? The toxicity that's done nothing but bad things for my life. I do it for the dopamine. <laughs> <laughs> Killer. All right. And uh, with that, I think we're going to end it. Okay. Don't be yourself to a fault. Play the game. Sometimes you got to play the game, sometimes, sometimes you got to keep your eye on the prize. And realize that uh, swallowing pride for a moment can further what your overall goals are as opposed to just constantly being entrenched in exactly what you want to do and say. You know, if you're in sales, you know, maybe be a little phony. If you're a comic, don't be afraid to network. If you're Chinese, take an American name. No one's Play the game, man. <laughs> play the fucking game. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not easy. It's not easier for everybody if we could just call you Ben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. There are times where I call call to order some Chinese food, and I'm like, "Is there, is there anybody else I can give my credit card information yeah. to?" <laughs> There's a reason you're working at else? the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> who do you Who do you think the CEO wants working for their company? Ben, or the guy whose name he can't fucking pronounce? I just I just need somebody that can that can read those card numbers back to me when we're done. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't care what their name actually is. Just anybody that speaks English a little bit better, please. Uh, Brian, you, the bigotry, man. The just absolute, being pragmatic. The absolute. What's wrong with being a little pragmatic? Hey, if some kids got to die because we want to keep our guns, that's pragmatic. That's no oh, kids are gonna die. That's that's life. That's life in America. You know, I'm glad you read between the lines of what I was saying. Because <laughs> you just read my mind right now. And that is the floss. Go Browns. Cut. He's got to do plugs again. I got to do plugs again? Oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Plug your plug your podcast. Uh, Ten Cent Beer Life. That is what I'd like to plug. Because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing when this comes out. That is the floss. If you liked part two of this feature episode and you want some bonus content such as raw footage or bonus episodes, you can subscribe to the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash theflosspod. Every episode of The Floss is recorded at Golden Ox Studio in Cleveland, Ohio. If you live in Cleveland and you need to say something into a microphone for any reason at all, do it at Golden Ox Studio. Jeremy's awesome. He cares a lot about Cleveland, and he'll give a huge shit about whatever you're making. I'm Gabe Gary, and thank you very much.